thank you for tuning in to the Glossy Podcast. I'm your host, Zafir Zviglinska, taking over for editor Jill Manoff. Today, I sit down with Nata Dvir, Chief Merchandising Officer at fashion retailer Macy's. The company has recently come out with its own private label on 34th after extensive customer feedback. I wanted to ask Nata about the evolution of merchandising for retailers, recent consumer behavior changes, and what it takes for a retailer to combat sales challenges. So I guess first, I'd love to jump into, you know, what is this new women's apparel and accessories brand on 34th? And what kind of results have you had so far? Because obviously, there's been a launch already in July. um, And it's been some months since then. So interested to hear a little bit about that. Great. Well, thank you so much for having me with you today. And I'm just so energized to be able to talk about our new brand on 34th, which we just launched last month in August. Uh, you know, one of our key opportunities at Macy's was to make sure that we were engaging our customer across many different life stages. And the way that we define life stages is really looking at different parts across the, the customer's lifespan and really thinking about all of the things that they're going through during that time in their life. And what we saw as we were imagining and reimagining our private brand portfolio was that we had a huge opportunity in a customer segment that we call the adulting customer and the primetime customer. So those are the 30 to 50 year old customers. And so that brought us to find this opportunity to say, you know, how do we really service this customer with the right right to wear and accessories assortment? And how do we do that from a private brand perspective? And so that is really what got us towards defining and, and designing this new brand for these life stage customers that we really were underservicing as a retailer. And so On 34th was born. It's a brand that's really made up of new classics for the modern life, made for the modern woman on the go. Um, and it's our first private brand that we're launching in this reimagination phase of how you will see Macy's show up in a different way across life stages from a private brand perspective. The brand itself is designed for women. It was designed with women. It includes products that really are wardrobe staples. So the perfect pant, uh, versatile accessories, and really has great value. Um, we've spent a lot of time on fit and strategic sourcing and the right pricing and design that the quality is really strong and the value for the product is also very, really good. And how I think about the brand, it's a brand where real style meets real life and it's where every day we can celebrate women owning their style. And I just remember as we were, you know, designing the brand, we spent a lot of time talking about this woman and this customer segment. And we kept hearing this phrase about how she wanted to run the world. And finally, somebody stopped us and was like, I think she just wants to run her world. And that's enough. And that's a lot. And this, you know, already busy woman, how do we make it, you know, one of the best and most easiest parts of her day is getting dressed for all the things that she's about to take on. So that is where On 34th was born. You know, a month in, we're really encouraged by the results that we're getting. We're already seeing that there are some products that our customers are really um, excited about. We've got this great t-shirt um, that is a knit t-shirt that I think we knew was going to be this like perfect white tee and it's resonating with our customer. It's $21.50, so really good price point. Uh, I have it in every color. I think everybody should have it in every color. And it's always hard to find those basics sometimes that fit really well. And we've got a a tremendous amount of customer reviews on it already. So we're excited about that. 
We have a tennis uh, crystal necklace that's also doing really well for us. So again, like these basic items that are resonating, but also some of these kind of items that have just enough you know, sparkle or fashion to make you smile when you're getting dressed that are, are also doing really well. So it's really on track and we're positioning it to be one of our biggest right wear um, and accessories private brands over time. And I think, you know, it's just the beginning in terms of what we're learning and the same way that the brand was really built off of consumer research, it's going to continue to evolve based off of what the customer is telling us that they love and what we can continue to do to offer better assortment for them. Brilliant. And yeah, tell me more about the consumer research part. Because obviously as a retailer, Macy's has access to a huge amount of data on their customer and the different um, things that they are engaging with. So how did you create a private brand that you know was more consumer driven? What kind of feedback was the most important to you and across what channels? And also how did you kind of incorporate that with your sizing and fit kind of recommendations for this? Yeah. So, you know, like I mentioned, we started really thinking about our customer, the breadth of customers that we have today at Macy's, but also the customers we're looking to acquire. One of the great things about our brand is that we have multiple generations that shop with us. And so as we started this research, it really did start by looking at each of the different segments and seeing where we had the biggest opportunity. That was where we we spent a lot of our time and we did a lot of work to say, what are we doing today that's really satisfying this customer's needs and what can we do better? We have a great assortment that was already really resonating with um, our two, um, you know, already very well-developed life stages, uh, which was really the 50 plus customer. And what we saw in those specific segments was that we could do better. And that today a 50-year-old was dressing very differently than the 50-year-old of 20 years ago. And same thing for a 70-year-old customer. And so we had a lot of work to do to kind of reestablish what the products were and the brands for those customers. But where we saw a clear white space was for this 30 to 50-year-old customer. And so we had to get in there and really educate our merchants and our design teams on what the modern woman was looking for today. And so that kicked off really focusing around how we are going to create this brand with really having the customer's voice at the center of the collection. And so much of what is in on 34th is anchored in customer insights. And as I see the product coming to life now and seeing it, um, you know, really starting to get great reviews, I hear the customer that really informed and inspired us to create those products, like that pant that she can do squats in that doesn't roll down, um, and that t-shirt that just covers all the right bits. And so that was all informed by over 100,000 online surveys that we did. And so that's where we collected a lot of really good intelligence around what our customers were looking for, the customers we had, and the customers we were looking to acquire. We did 35 days of digital community engagement uh, where we really saw our customers um, create great videos around what they were looking for and what was missing within their wardrobe and the role that we could play. And we did hundreds of hours of in-store fittings and shop-alongs, which I think was just a tremendous amount of really good insight that you can only get when you're talking to somebody one-on-one and see the reaction that they have to products that they really feel like is working for them and then what can do better for them and the way that they tug on a pair of jeans or the way that they just light up when something has the right amount of detail to it. 
that was really helpful for all of our teams internally, not just for our design team and our merchant team, but also from a marketing perspective, the store execution teams and our digital teams, because it got us all to really understand what the customer was looking for. And really putting them in the center got us to a point where we also knew we needed to really think about fit differently and quality and value because the customer was asking for it and they really knew what they liked and what they wanted to see us do better for them. And so our commitment was to make sure that we are also going to have really good fit throughout all of the products that we have in the assortment. And um, we're going to listen. I think, you know, with just a month in, we've already collected a lot of great intelligence from our customer, but we're committed to making sure we have the right fit and quality in the brand. And I know that obviously some brands end up changing their products either during this kind of process development phase or even after launch. Is that something that you might even consider doing depending on how customers will react to your product? Of course. I mean, this is an ongoing communication and dialogue with our customers. Since we launched um, just about a, a little over a month ago, we've already done shop-alongs with our customers in stores with the new brand and seeing you know, what they liked, not only about the product, but also the display and the mannequins and the tables. Um, we've collected a tremendous amount of reviews on our website, and so we're reading all of them. And we will learn. And there are some products that out of the gate, we know our customers have already really gravitated towards and other things that we're going to go back and look at and make sure that we have the right fit aesthetic and make sure that we have the right design for it as well. You know, we're in this journey with our customers. And so we want to make sure that we're evolving and have the right products for our customer. Brilliant. And obviously moving on to the wider Macy's evolution of merchandise, I know that this is the first private label. What are we going to be seeing from Macy's going forward? And how has that kind of history of merchandising there influenced what is to come? You know, I stepped into this role about two and a half years ago in February of 2020. And at that time, it was a really interesting time just coming off of the <laughs> pandemic or being in the height of the pandemic, depending on how you want to think about it. But it gave us this like great permission to rethink our brand matrix, uh, both the private brands that we have today, which we have an incredible history of strong private brands that had a really special role and have a special role in a lot of our customers' lives. And also these great national brands that are well-recognized globally that our customers know us for. And so that mix of private brands and market brands was something that we spent a lot of time strategizing around on what is the future portfolio of brands that is going to be um, relevant for our customer today and the, the ones of our future. And so that kicked off this private brand reimagination. Private brands are such an important part of our, of our overall strategy because they allow us to have a tremendous amount of um, kind of oversight over the brand, control over the brand from a distribution perspective, design perspective, how we think about quality and fit. Um, but also they drive a lot of loyalty and repeat visits. And so we knew that we needed to continue to make sure we had the right private brand assortment. And so we spent time um, looking at the brands we had, looking at the brands that, you know, there was some white space for us to really think about. And in this reimagination, um, it's a it's a journey. We've got it, you know, planned through 2025 across all categories for feminine apparel and accessories and men's and kids and home. And we'll have four new brands that we're going to be introducing through 2025, our first one being on 34th. 
And each of the brands serves a different purpose for our customer. Um, all of them are rooted in research and listening to the customer. They'll all have their own DNA, a clear customer segment that we're focusing around and designing for. And part of what we kicked off in the reimagination were three pillars that I think as anybody is kind of thinking about their own brand or a portfolio of brands, making sure that you're really anchored in brand stewardship, super important, right? Like having these distinctive brands that are centered around their own unique customer and that not one person can really decide what is the brand. This brand has its own mm. soul and DNA. That is such an important part of of this work um, because you want to make sure that whatever the trend is, the brand is showing up the right way versus being too 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 able to be influenced by whatever the latest is. Really, the second was around designing with intention and executing with intention. And this really goes back to us being more than just curators of great product, which is a lot of what merchants are, but also creators of great product um, and de developing brands that really anticipate and delight and support our customer and and honestly, just elicit that joy, which I think is such a great part of what Macy's is always able to, to do. We're also developing a lot of brands, and I've talked a lot about fit, and that was a big part of how we made sure that the intention was really there. The third pillar for us was around meaningful value equation. So really having compelling value, optimal pricing, and really thinking about customer-led principles, really having robust and integrated design-to-value propositions and sustainability, which is a big part of our entire private brand portfolio. And this was really important because this also helped us think about how to communicate the benefits of each one of our brands. And so this journey is, is kind of over the next few years. Our next new brand is launching this upcoming spring in 24. Um, and so you'll continue to see us not only launch new brands, but also refresh many of the brands in our portfolio today. Yeah, I mean, I think that that sounds really great. And putting the customer first and eliciting, you know, I guess like a more positive feeling with something that might be completely new, I think is an important direction. I mean, especially right now with, you know, what the company is going through in terms of earnings. I'm wondering if you can kind of tie that in a little bit to what is going on there, because obviously there's a number of financial constraints that is happening with customers across um, the US and specifically, you know, when it comes to credit card debts and um, student loan repayments. How is that affecting your customer and what kind of decisions are you making to make it easier for them to shop and also provide that value, like you said? You know, I think one of the key parts, and this goes back to this reimagination work that's happening over the next few years, was to have the right mix of product. And private brands not only creates great value for our customer, but also drives profit for, for us as a retailer um, for many different reasons, but gives us the ability to really source the product and to really cut um, you know, some of the, the costs that could occur really bring that to ourselves and really get the benefit of it. So growing our private brand portfolio is obviously also, you know, a driver of profit, but also what it has, it's allowed us to do is streamline the assortment that we have. And so by focusing on the matrix and in this refresh and, uh, you know, new introduction of brands, we're also going to be editing some brands. And so that allows us to focus our assortment, make it easier for customers to shop. 
And as we really relook at what the portfolio is, ha- make sure we have the right value. And I think in this time, you know, consumers are looking for great value. It doesn't mean it's the lowest price, but it has to be great quality and have a value proposition. And so this work really allows us to do that with our private brands, which trend, tend to be an entry price point to overall Macy's. And so having that mix of, of national brands and private brands allows our customer to shop kind of across the price spectrum which I think is really important in terms of, you know, maybe they trade up for gifting, but they want to make sure that they're treating themselves to something as well. And how do they have that right value proposition? That's a big part of what we've been focused on. So the timing of this was really intentional because it allows us to win with the customers we have, but also bring on this new um, generation of shoppers for Macy's as well. Yeah, of course. And I'm sure that, you know, with a lot of your shoppers, it's not just about one channel. There's multiple channels they're going for. Um, and I'm sure that you're addressing them in many different ways. But I was wondering, you know, with this new approach, um, what does that look like for you in terms of omni-channel? This has been such a good um, first launch for us because it allowed us to also really approach the business differently. And I think, you know, part of what was really important was not just launching a new brand and showing up differently for our customers from an assortment perspective, but culturally for our teams to really think about how the brand was going to show up differently in our marketing with influencers. This was one of the biggest influencer campaign launches we've ever had with a brand. Um, and also making sure that the digital expression of the brand uh, and the store expression worked seamlessly together. And so really taking the end-to-end of this brand and build a new process for how not only our private brands are going to show up, but really overall at Macy's, how we can show up differently was really important. And so um, you know, I think when you look at how the brand is being expressed across the full funnel, um, what PDP looks like, how reviews are showing up, how the marketing looks in store and online, the consistency, it's really helped us think about the holistic part of how a brand can launch. And we've been using um, the phrase of um, really launching this brand and how it can be community-led. And the go-to-community strategy is how we've been thinking about it. That is also really allowing for this omni-channel approach because it's allowing our customers, obviously, to shop us across all of the different channels. We've got a best-in-class digital experience, the store portfolio that we have, um, both with um, having the on-mall locations and our recent openings off-mall, really allow us to have this seamless omni-channel experience for our customers. So I think it's not just about having the latest enhancement on our site. That's incredibly important too, um, to make sure we have speed and, and convenience. But I think it's about the storytelling and that expression of the brand is such an important part that you need to really be able to tell across all the different channels. Yeah. And as a retailer, obviously, with so many different kind of ways for your consumers to interact with the product, is there like a specific way that you're looking at maintaining that consistency, especially among some of the newer channels that you have? It's a big part of how we're thinking about it 
differently from here on out is how we make sure that we're showing up across all channels just much more consistently. I think that takes a lot of really good collaboration internally, a really good um, set of priorities that you're all working on from you know across functions. And so I think that's been something that's been really nice across this leadership team and also the teams that, that we lead is really making sure that we're all focused on the right outcome. And so that's allowing for us to have much more consistency. And we launched a new, um, a new campaign a little over a year ago called Own Your Style. And that really helped us kind of wrap all of our stories around product and fashion together so that we could have that consistent approach. And so you could see it in social, you could see it in digital, you could see it in stores. We've got um, colleagues that are really also expressing whether that's from our stylist program or we have an internal and external influencer program called Style Crew. Everyone's kind of wrapped around that same mission. And so I think that always helps organizations and companies is when you have that clear set of priorities, it's very easy for people to kind of latch on and get excited. When you're trying to do too much, it can, it can feel overwhelming. And so that, that has been a big focus of ours as we go forward. Um, not only in private brands, but for the entire strategy and merchandising. I mean, we sell merchandise. And so if we can be clear and crisp on our priorities, it helps everyone else really get aligned around it. And you mentioned, obviously, the influencer aspect, and you both have that in store and the influencer campaign that you've um, got with this new launch. What does that look like on both sides? Because obviously, that's such an integral part. And influencer marketing has changed so much, even over the last two years. What kind of new strategies are you testing that maybe you hadn't even done before? You know, I think when we launched this brand, um, there were a lot of conversations around how we wanted to show up differently with the brand. And one of our key objectives was to make sure that we were also acquiring a new customer. And so we needed to make sure that the influencer and social piece of the launch strategy was incredibly important. We also wanted to make sure because we had spent so much time and focus around quality and fit, we also wanted to make sure that we were launching with reviews because I think that is such an important part of how you can launch a brand and, and really get the credibility of others to say this product fits great or, you know, this color is so much better in person and all the things that only reviews can really help you with. And so this go to community approach that we had was really focused on making sure we had a 360 marketing campaign. We did one of our biggest influencer outreaches in this launch, and we really chose um, the influencers based off of the segment that we were going after. And so I loved seeing the range of, of talent and influencers that we had because it really did harken back to women who wanted to run their world. And we had a nice mix of you know moms. We had people with busy lives starting out new new chapters in their life as well. And so it gave us this great opportunity to engage a totally different community than what we had been doing. We have done some of it, but this was kind of the biggest. And the other piece that I think is really important, it's not just like a launch and leave. This is like a launch and maintain and continue to invest and iterate and keep going. <laughs> and I think sometimes it's like, check it off the list. Okay, next thing. But this is not what that is because we see this as such an important brand for us in the future and you get more than one shot. And I think that's really important because you learn from every shot that you take. And so that's what you're going to continue to see from us is to continue to make sure that the brand awareness is out there. Um, and not just with influencers, but really making sure that it's across all of the different tactics that, that we have. And we'll continue to learn. I mean, I think 
to your point earlier, it's like, you don't just get it right the first time and move on. You've got to continue to iterate and learn and go with the customer and see what they're engaging with as well. And it's interesting. There was a, there was a card code, like a plaid card code that so many of the influencers were like, pumped about and posted about and got it. And then that ended up being a, a great seller for us. And it just also showed the power of really having the right voice um, talk and endorse your product too. And so that's something that's getting us thinking a lot about the architecture of our assortment to make sure we have a couple of those like wow pieces that's going to really create the buzz and energy around the brand too. So interesting that, you know, word of mouth still seems to be like the absolute nailer when it comes to, um, you know, getting those reviews, getting those sales in. Um, and it seems to be working for you guys as well. Yeah, I mean, I think what was so interesting, too, is when we launched this private brand, obviously, we've got so many customers that work here as well. And seeing mm. people in the elevator, seeing people on the street wearing the product that's kind of also so satisfying because it really just just shows that the teams are proud of the product that we've created, but also it, it fits them great. They're excited to wear it. And I think that you want brand ambassadors all the time to be part of your team. And it's one of my key leadership principles is like, be proud, be excited about where you work. I mean, I've been here for 18 years. You've got to be energized and excited to keep showing up. And so... <laughs> you know, those are really good brand ambassadors. They have, you know, tremendous word of mouth, um, you know, capabilities too. And so how we leverage our teams has just been a kind of a proud moment, I think, for our design teams as well. And obviously, I know that you've you've had a wealth of experience with Macy's and you can kind of speak to the changing brand, like retailer relationship and partnership. I was wondering, you know, what does that look like right now in 2023? Because obviously there's so many changes that have happened post-pandemic. And I'm kind of interested from such a big retailer, what does that look like when you're working with brands now versus two years ago, for example? You know, I think one of the things that I I believe in and I know the entire team believes in is it's about having the right partnerships. And our relationships that we have with our brands is really a partnership. You know, we offer such an incredible opportunity for our brands to show up across channel and across the nation with our store portfolio um, and to show up with other great brands and to be in good company. And this partnership that we create with our brands, it's about long range planning. You know, I think that's been a big focus for us is what do we want to look like in two years from now and three years from now and five years from now? What are our shared objectives, whether it's sustainability or customer segments that we're looking to go after? Really doing it together as partners is such an important part of, I think, what builds out kind of incredible experiences for our customer. It helps us think about the right investments that we have by channel, um, the right way that we want to engage from a marketing perspective, and make sure, most importantly, we have compelling assortments. And the way that we share customer insights, the way that we talk about things that we're learning is in effort to join our collective, is to grow our collective businesses. And so I think uh, today the brand retailer um, relationship is just such a such a big partnership. And I think it's been there before in my history of, of working with brands, but just so much more so now. And I think I learned this very much prior to being in this role, I was running our beauty business. And I think the partners we have in so much of the beauty space really helped, you know, identify and shape how we could be thinking about growing and, and really driving our business together in a much more meaningful way. And we've kind of created some great partnerships over over the time. I mean, 
in our history, obviously, we've got great brands that we sell, but we've got great partners that we also work with, like Finish Line and Sunglass Hut. And uh, I guess a little over two years ago, we launched Toys R Us inside of a Macy's. And so there's so many brands that, um, you know, we're just working on thinking about very differently. And our customer expects that. They want a little bit of surprise and delight. And so having those relationships with the right brands, I think, is such an important part of the mix that we'll have of private brands and having the right brand partners. Yeah, definitely. I know that, you know, Nike and Under Armour have also returned to the Macy's kind of foothold. So I think it seems like you've got some really big partners in there as well that you're going to be having long-term partnerships with. Yeah, we have an incredible, you know, portfolio of brands that, you know, service our customers today and new partners. We're so excited to welcome back, you know, Nike and Under Armour. And I think part of it is, really being able to share what our key strategic objectives are, the customers we're going after, and the clear ways that we can win from an omni-channel perspective. And, you know, I think every retailer has their role in a brand's distribution strategy. And so it's up to you to really think about what your role is and as a brand to think about what are the right retailers in which I want to show up. And I think that's a big part of what we do as merchants too, is like help share the overall Macy's strategy and, you know, how their brand can really show up in an exciting way. So we're excited about those two brands coming back. We've also have a, uh, a Disney princess, um, you know, highlight that we have this holiday. So I think that's part of what our fun is, is that we can have these brands show up in a, in a different way with a little bit of a wink and a twist. And that's part of what Macy's can do. That, that's the fun that we have every day. Yeah. And you mentioned, obviously, the holiday season. That is something that is going to be a big focus for you guys, especially, you know, coming down to the end of the year. What have you got planned and kind of how are you focusing on merchandising to make it both, you know, as profitable and as fun, but also as savvy as possible? I know that, you know, technology has been a big part of how retailers are looking at the holiday season and also kind of thinking about strategizing to make sure that they have the right assortment there and you know at the right kind of times as well yeah we i mean we are kicking off obviously 2024 holiday now so we spend you know more than a year gearing up for such an important part of the holiday season and so i'm just excited for this year because we continue to have great learnings from previous years and spending time really thinking about what we want to show up as differently for our customer. And customers want to shop in so many different ways during this time of year. It's a great time to acquire new customers, to take your best customers and show them what you've got this year. So convenience is super important. Entertainment and experiences are important. You know, I think any retailer, newness is an incredible, important part of how you shop for the holiday time. And so we spend a lot of time making sure we have something new to show our customer. You know, this year, I'm really excited around um, the focus that our teams have had. You know, I think that goes back not only to profitability, but also to make it easier to shop is having compelling statements that are really clear for our customers to be able to shop from. And Everybody shops differently, whether it's at the last moment, which is me, or like the pre-planning that a lot of people have too. And so you want to be able to make it easy for every type of customer. And, you know, I think when you see what we're going to be showing up for this holiday season, I'm excited for some of the things we're doing from a private brand perspective. Obviously, on 34th, we'll show up, but our cashmere assortment is incredible and um 
it's through our private brand charter club. And I think that the color looks really strong and the silhouettes that we have. I love some of the things that we're doing in home, um, our market business as well. We've got great brands that are showing up for the holidays with us. Um, I'm excited about what we're doing in the beauty space. Uh, it's such an important part of our year-round business, but especially in the fourth quarter, it gains in penetration. And so we'll continue to see what that looks like. I talked a little bit about what we're doing with Disney, um, but there's a lot that we've got across so many different categories um, to make sure that we can win in the holiday timeframe. And I think the other thing that we spend a tremendous amount of time on is from a supply chain perspective, making sure we're going to have the goods here on time, that we can make them accessible to our customers, however they choose to shop, whether it's online, in-store, buy online, pick up in-store, um, having it all available. And those last 10 days before Christmas in particular, you know, there's a mad rush for customers to, to shop and you've got to have operational excellence to be able to, to get through that time frame. And so, you know, we are such a strong gifting destination that we spend a lot of time making sure that we're operationally organized for what is, I guess, our Super Bowl over the next few months. So, <laughs> yeah, I could imagine. So do you end up kind of holding some of the product in that case just for that period? We have product um, in our warehouses that we allocate closer to need. We've got many you know, different distribution strategies that we can make sure we satisfy the customer demand. We want to also make sure we're picking up signals. Like we've got some great brands that are already trending right now. Um, and so making sure we have reorders and how we can deploy the inventory is a big part of what we do. And just um, last year, we also launched a marketplace. And so that also gives us the opportunity that if we maybe don't have enough of something or missed a trend or a brand, we can maybe launch a, a marketplace partner to really help satisfy the demand that's out there as well. So there's so many more ways to manage inventory today than what there was, you know, 10 years ago, five years ago, even. And so that gives us the opportunity to be much more nimble and agile and really think about the best way, not only for the customer to experience the product, but also from a profit um, driving you know, perspective too. There's so many different ways to satisfy the demand. I'm sure that it's going to be a very exciting season ahead for you guys. And obviously, you know, Q4 for retailers is some of the most important kind of months up um, coming up before, you know, earnings next year. So I'm really excited to see what's going to happen there. And um, hopefully that is something that's also going to help with driving those sales and getting those repeat customers in, which is so important for brands right now. Yeah, exactly. Brilliant. Well, thank you so much, Nata. It's so lovely to have you on the Glossy Podcast and hopefully speaking to you soon. Great. Thank you so much for having me and uh, excited to see for you to see what we have coming this holiday season and for you to experience on 34th. I think you'll find that the fit of the product, the energy around the brand is something that is just the beginning of what's to come for our portfolio. That's all for this episode. Our theme music is by Otis McDonald. And if you like this episode, please share it with someone else you think would. We'll be back next week. 